Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo, and today we are going to talk about another thought experiment. I'm going to get right into the episode, actually, because I want to have some time for this one. This one's called The Mirror of Life. Now, brothers, I love thought experiments because really what they allow me to do is they allow me to talk about some of these mysteries of the universe that we know exists, that we know that are there, and yet don't have proof. And when I say proof, I mean, we have proof. We have the effects. We have the effects. We have the results. But we don't know what they are. It's kind of like gravity, right? We know that gravity exists. We don't know what gravity is. No one knows what gravity is, which I thought is amazing. I've always thought this was amazing, you know, because you ask high school teachers, you ask college professors, you ask authorities, like human beings that are doing work in astrophysics and relative mathematics, you know, and they don't know that nobody knows what gravity is. We know the way it works, or at least we thought we did. We thought it was mass times distance. And now we're looking at some other forms of gravity, like the curvature of space time and so on. But we have an idea on the way it works. And of course, we have the result of it working. We see the result of it working all the time, which is why I say we do have the results of these mysteries. We know what it looks like. We know what it feels like. We know what the experience of gravity is, but we have no idea what it is. We have no idea. And that's creation is the same. Electricity is the same. Like we can measure these things and we can see the results of them, but we don't know what they are exactly. And so what I love about these thought experiments that I offer you guys is that they allow me to teach you in a way that is in story that is an analogy. And we've done the puzzle of life together. We've done the dream of life together. We've done the game of life together. And now we're going to do the mirror of life together. Brothers, I want you to know that in the academy, the goal, the kind of the aim of the academy, the purpose of the academy, if you will, is to take the momentous leap. And what I mean by the momentous leap is it takes you from a place in the emergence of mind, because the mind is a thing. It's a growing thing. It's a consciousness. It's a tool that emerges throughout experience. Throughout the human experience, it will emerge. It will go through many different iterums of how it sees the world, how it reacts to the world, how it thinks about the world, how it views the world, how it perceives. And when it gets to a certain point, sometimes it just stops. It stops emerging and it becomes a closed system. We may call this example in people, we may call them closed-minded. Say there's a closed-minded person. They're not open to seeing new perspectives. They're not open to recognizing other ideas or value systems. And many times we get to a point in our lives when we go through this emerging mind where we see the world outwardly, we see other, we see us versus them, we see separation. And because of all of that, we're living in our emerging mind in a very scarcity-based, fear-driven type of paradigm. The purpose of the academy is to make the momentous leap from this fear-driven, scarcity-based paradigm to the paradigm of abundance and love, love-driven and abundance-based. So 
That's kind of the purpose of the academy, and we do so with the mind. In addition to that, there is emotional ownership, and there is remembering who you are. And that's a big one. It's a big one because it takes time to wake up to the truth of who you are and to begin to create the person you want to be. And so I love to talk about these things in analogies because they allow me to teach in a more broad, general, and inclusive way rather than simply telling you. I can't just tell you these things. Right. I mean, I could, but look, like people have been saying these things for centuries, for millennium. I mean, I'm not the first person to talk about these things. You know, these things have been said for thousands of years, and yet people are still living very unconsciously, and, and people are still living very much asleep. They're still living in the sickness of forgetfulness. People don't recognize who they are, and who we are are beings of light. Who we are are spiritual beings having a human experience. Our soul, our mind, these are the invisible parts of us. We only identify, most human beings only identify with the body. And the reason why they only identify with the body is because of the illusion of separateness. So what I want to offer you guys today in the mirror of life is a way to begin to reverse that effect, reverse the cognition, reverse the conditioning of separation. So I'm going to begin with the mere principle, brothers. And I know many of you have heard this principle already. In fact, I've done an entire podcast episode on it. However, I want to remind you guys in this episode what it is because it's also an alpha male tenant. It's also something that we talk about in the academy very often when it comes to waking up, when it comes to experiencing and relating to the rest of the world. And the mirror principle is essentially that whatever we think about others tells us nothing about them and everything about us. And the inversion of the mirror principle, which I actually call the inversion principle, is that what other people say about us and do to us tells us nothing about us and everything about them. Now, again, I'm not going to go into these two principles because I've done an entire podcast episode on it on them. And if you choose to enroll in the academy, when you're ready to enroll in the academy, I'm going to go much deeper into these for you as well. I'm going to really talk about, explain to you, and you'll have the experience of why these two principles are so important. But what I want to point out here is that in the mirror principle, what we think about others, what we think about other people, the way we view this illusion of separation in relationships to other people tells us nothing about them and everything about us. And this is because we're living in an illusion of duality. We're living in an illusion of separation. We see the us versus them. We see the up and down. We see the left and right. We see the good and bad. We see the positive and negative. We see the right and wrong. This is the duality of illusion. This is not really what is happening. This is not really what is there. In consultation calls, I've talked to a couple of guys about this truth, which is that there is actually three in one. Because when we only see the two, what do we see? We see ourselves, right, the me, and we see the other, which is the you. Or we see the us, which is our side, our beliefs, our team, our thoughts, our organization, our institution, whatever it is, our government, our ideology, our religion, and then the other, their, them, right, their beliefs, their ideology, their religion, their team. And that is the duality of illusion. In reality, there is three, but that three is only a construct in the human experience for us to experience ourselves. The truth is, is that in that three, 
there is only one. Because it's not just us and them. It's not just you and me. It's not just up and down or left and right. It's not just these dualities. There is also what is in between. There is also the space in between that has function, that has form. Everything is you and you are everything. For example, if you're looking at your desk, you got a desk, you got an iPhone, you look at your iPhone, there is you, there is the iPhone, and then there is the space between you and the iPhone. That's what makes three into one because these three things are required for the oneness to experience itself. For you to experience itself, for you to experience yourself, for you in the oneness, as the oneness, as the totality of the universe in you, in order for you, the universe itself, to experience the universe, there must be a separation that is only able to manifest in three. Because the moment we manifest it in two, we have separation, we have illusion, we have distance, we have something that is here, me, and something that is there, you. That is the illusion, that there is two separate things. The truth of oneness is in three, that there is the me, there is the you, and there is what is between us that keeps us one, that keeps us together, that binds us in each other so that the entire universe is still maintaining that field of oneness. Because brothers, love has no cause. Love has no cause. Love is the oneness. Light is the oneness. The field of oneness is light and love. I know you guys have heard me say that before. The field of oneness is light and love. Love has no cause. Light has no cause. It is the oneness from which the cause manifests an effect. And we talked about that last week, is that from this field, from this field of oneness, from this field of love that has no cause in and of itself, that is there always, that is where we begin to manifest through the cause of thought, through the cause of belief, the effect of form. That is what makes the Trinity. That is what makes the three parts. There is the spirit. There is the oneness. Then there is the mind, which begins the process. Then there is the form, which is the effect of the process. And just like everything else, just like gravity, electricity, this is the way creation works. <laughs> gravity, the thing itself, we don't know what it is. We know how it works and we know the result of it working. Well, creation is the same. Creation is love. Creation is the thing. Spirit is the thing. That is the thing. Soul is the thing. To remember your soul, to remember who you are, that is it. You are love. You are oneness. You are these things that we don't know what it is. We just know it's there. We know how it works. How it works is through mind. We have the mind. It works through the mind. It works through thought. It works through belief. It works through taking a very high vibration in the invisible field of oneness and slows that vibration down to develop an outline, develop a boundary, and to take shape and form. And then the result of it working is the realm of matter and density, which is the realm of form. It's the realm of molecules and atoms and solids, liquids, gases. So love has no cause. Light has no cause. That is why in the realm of form, lamps may be different, but light is always the same. And that's not mine, by the way. That's Rumi's, so I can't take credit for that. But I'm telling you guys that light is always the same. It's always one. Love is always the same. It's always one. It has no cause. To remember this means to wake up, to become enlightened, 
because you are of the light. You remember that you are of the light. You remember that you are of love. Therefore, it's called enlightenment. You have remembered that you are this thing called light. So the mirror of life, the analogy I'm going to use for this podcast episode is that you are essentially walking through a carnival, you know, the fun house. When you go to the carnival and you got the fun house mirrors, right? right? The room of mirrors, you see all the different funny mirrors. That's pretty much what you're living and you're living in a world of mirrors, a life of mirrors, a room of mirrors. Everything you see is a reflection of who you are. Because as I said, everything is you and you are everything. You are not separate from anything that you see. You are not separate from anything that you touch or smell or taste or experience. You are everything. And because you are everything, what you see is a reflection of you. This is the mirror principle. What you think about others tells you nothing about them and everything about you. So I'm going to give you guys an analogy of this because I had a student who is in the academy and came through on one of his office hours and had this wonderful model that he shared with me. And I just want to share it with you guys because I want you to see what I mean when I say this. So he said his circumstances, he's sitting with his boss. And I know that probably resonates with a lot of you guys because many of you work for yourselves. Maybe many of you are entrepreneurs, self-employed, business owners, but many of you probably have someone who you consider to be an authority, whether or not it's a boss or not makes no difference. It could be your father. It could be your mother. It could be any authority that somebody who you look up to. And so my student was saying he was sitting with his boss as a circumstance and his thought was, I don't know what to say. He said, I don't know what to say. This is what he's thinking. He's sitting with his boss and he's feeling insignificant. He's just feeling this feeling of insignificance. And he determined that the thought was, I just didn't know what to say. Now, of course, the I am statement behind that comes goes much deeper. You know, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. And the branch of that, the peripheral thought, you know, if you're thinking, if you have this core belief that I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough to say anything, then again, like that's going to create the branch, the peripheral thought of, I don't know what to say. And so he's feeling insignificant. Follow me down here. Circumstance, thought, feeling. His action was to basically remain quiet. He just sits there quietly. You know, he doesn't say anything, no interaction, you know, no eye contact, just kind of sitting in the chair, sitting with his boss. And from that action, we have a result of not saying anything, right? There's nothing said. It's like, there's no connection, no connection, not, not holding a conversation. And that result is creating a confirmation bias for this thought that I don't know what to say. I have nothing to say. I'm not important enough to speak. Like you can see how the model of alignment was working for him. And of course we did the exoteric work. If you remember from last week, there's the exoteric universal truth that we do here where we look at this thought that you're believing here, you're going into your core beliefs, you're going into the I am statements, you have this feeling of insignificance. What do you do with that? You feel that, you allow that, while at the same time you take a look at what the thought is so you can change your action. You can act, you can interrupt your model here by acting and thinking in a different way as you're feeling this feeling because this is the thought that you are aiming to heal from. You know, We look at the healing process of this thought that I'm not good enough, healing process of this thought that I don't know what to say, this healing that needs to happen, that your soul is reminding you that you are not insignificant. So it sends you the feeling of insignificance to let you know that your mind is not aligning with the truth. And you can interrupt the model with the A-line. But here's the thing, and this is what I want to offer you guys today with the mirror of life, is that what's really going on here on a different level, on kind of like a more esoteric level, is that my student, and I know this is true for a lot of you as well, in different relationships, maybe with your boss, or it could even be with your significant other, with families, with friends, with, with just about anybody, is that there's a feeling of separation. You see, there's a feeling that you and this other person, whoever they are, whether it's your boss, whether it's your girlfriend, whether it's your wife, whether it's your 
brother, sister, parents, whether it's your friends. It's a feeling of separation where you are here, right? You are in your space. You're occupying your space in this human experience, right? In this world. And they are occupying their space in this world. And that comparison, that comparison of me and them, right? Me is like you being there and they being there. The whole idea behind the me, you, the us, them, that is creating a resonance. It's creating a message that the soul is sending out a message saying, it's not true. It's not true. Now, of course, the feeling of insignificant is that message, but that significance can be coming from the thought, the core statement of I am, right? I am not worthy. I am not good enough. But it's also just coming from a general, a general misalignment, believing the idea that the them, that the he, in this case, the boss, exists at all. Now, it's true that the boss does exist. Like, I'm not going to say that other people don't exist. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, yes, other people exist. Cars exist. Okay, don't go walk out into traffic. They're all there. Everything's here in this world of effect. But what I'm saying is that the idea of the boss isn't there. The boss is there as a boundary, as an outline, as a cellular form. The human being is there, but that human being is a reflection of you. It is a mirror of you. It is you looking at you. It is you sitting with you. It is you sharing time with you. And when we feel insignificant, that insignificance or that thought of, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to you know, look stupid or upset this person or the feeling of insignificance or inferiority or anything that comes from even superiority for that matter, brothers, anything that comes from a matter of comparison that is driven by separation. Comparison can only come from separation, can only come from duality, because as long as you are in the mindset of oneness, as long as you are living in the truth of enlightenment, there is no comparison. There cannot be, because it is you and you. It is you and all things. All things are in you, and all things are in all things. You are in all things, and all things are in you. So even the boss, even the person sitting over there, that is you. You are that. We identify with the body. We identify with the separation because we see from behind the eyes. We smell from under the nose. We taste from within the mouth. And so we think we hear from inside the ears. So we think that this body is our thing, that we are this thing because of the way it functions to pick up data from this human experience. But the truth is you are everywhere. You are everything. And you are everywhere and everything at all times. Everything is you and you are everything, including this person. So it is a mirror. It is a mirror of you. And so what I offered my student and what I'm going to offer you guys here and now kind of, not totally, but kind of goes back to the thought experiment of the dream of life where, look, we believe because we're in our awakened state, not awakened state consciously, but because we're awake, our bodies are functioning outside of our beds, that we and other people are separate right? So we're sitting in this office. Like imagine you're sitting in the office with your boss, like my student was with his boss. Imagine you're sitting in the office with your boss. Now, when you're awake and at work and sitting in the office with your boss or whatever, sitting in the kitchen with your significant other or, or whatever, you have an idea in your mind that you and this other person are separate, that you and this other person are not one. This is what creates duality, separation, and essentially any feeling of insignificance for my student, but it could be inferiority, superiority. It could be anything that comes from comparison. But imagine this. Imagine that instead of you sitting in an office with your boss or sitting in the kitchen with your significant other, whatever it is that you're thinking here, imagine that you're lying in your bed 
and you're having a dream where you are sitting in the office with your boss or sitting in the kitchen with your significant other. But you're actually in your bed and you're dreaming this. Now, because you are dreaming this, is your boss actually there? Is that person them? Is your significant other your significant other? Or is it you? Is it you creating this dream in your mind while you are lying sleeping in your bed? And you can still feel the same way. You could be in that dream state, feeling insignificant, sitting in a room with your boss, not knowing, being unconscious of, hear me when I say this, not knowing because you are unconscious, that you're even dreaming and therefore feeling insignificant, feeling that insignificance about the dream. You're feeling in your dream insignificant because you're sitting in an office with your boss. But your boss isn't there. You're not there. You're dreaming it. So you are creating your boss, the office, and you. You're creating the whole thing. Now, this is why we go back to the dream of life, brothers, because when you're in an awakened state, when your body is not in your bed and moving around, and you're in the office with your boss, it's no different. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. It is no different. You are still everywhere. You are still everything. You are still creating the entire thing through your mind. We just think we're different because we're in our bodies, because we're seeing through our eyes rather than seeing in our dream through our mind. And so the mirror of life allows you to really recognize what's going on here. What's going on here is that you are actually sitting in an office with yourself. You're sitting in an office with yourself and the office is yourself. Everything in the office is yourself. The boss is yourself. The chairs are yourself. The shelves are yourself. The desks are yourself. All the little knickknacks, pens, papers, books, all the things in the office is you. You are all the things and all the things are you. And because of that, it becomes a mirror. They're all mirrors reflecting back to you who you are and who you choose to be. So, with that being said, brothers, I know it kind of comes into like this dream analogy, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to remind you guys that what we think about others tells us nothing about others and everything about us. That's why what I offered you guys last week with the setting up the model of alignment, anytime you put somebody else in your thought line, my neighbor's rude. If you guys remember this from last week, my neighbor's rude because he lets his animals, he lets his dog poop in my yard, right? Circumstances, there's dog poop on your front lawn, <laughs> right? Dog poop on your front lawn. Thought is, man, my neighbor's a jerk. My neighbor's a jerk. He lets his animals come over and poop in my lawn. And you're feeling angry, right? That's your F line, anger. And your A line is to take a paper sack and put the poop in a paper sack and take it up to his porch and light on fire and ring the doorbell, right? So he comes out and he starts stepping on it and he gets poop all over his shoes. And then the result of that is you are a jerk, right? You see how that model of alignment works. Anytime you put somebody else in your T-line, by the time you get to the result, by the time you get confirmation bias for that thought, the confirmation bias is you. And it works both ways. You can think this person is amazing, man. I love this guy. And really what you're doing is you're feeling love, you're feeling gratitude, you're feeling connection, you're feeling outstanding, amazing. And then you act in a way that feels like love, that feels like amazing, like this guy's great, he's cool. And so you do things, you know, you're grateful and you're generous and you're kind and you're patient. You, you know, you had the, maybe it's your best friend or your wife or your girlfriend. And the result of all of those actions is that you love yourself. You love you. In fact, it's another Rumi quote. You guys probably know I read a lot of Rumi, but Rumi said, I am you in love with yourself. That is the universal truth. 
That right there is universal truth. I am you in love with yourself. You are me in love with myself. That is the universal truth. That's the mirror principle. Because basically what that's saying is, whatever we have in our thoughts about others will end up in our results about us. That is the mirror principle. So how do you practice this, brothers? How do you practice the mirror of life? How do you go around looking at everything around you, looking at the totality of creation, all the things, the sky, the trees, the grass, the houses, the cars, the clothes, the people, the animals, everything, all the things, everything, two words, everything in the world, in creation, is a mirror of you and how you choose to think about that mirror and act around that mirror is you choosing how you think about yourself and how you treat yourself your t line how you think about yourself and your a line how you act around yourself that's it that's the mirror principle and that's the mirror of life that is why when people complain about others they are suffering because of how they think about themselves when other people hate on others they are suffering in themselves because that's how they think about themselves. When other people are angry, you know they're suffering because their anger is directed at themselves, their fear, their insecurity, their doubt, their worry, their shame, their guilt, all of it, all of it. Anytime there is blame, when people blame others, they are really feeling so much of that in themselves. They may not be conscious of it, usually they're not because that twistedness will project it outwards. But sometimes we can show them. I mean, I've done it hundreds of times, maybe thousands, because the academy's been open for so long, that human beings are running mirrors. You're running around in a world of mirrors. Every single thing, the hose in your front yard is a mirror of you. How you choose to think about that hose and how you treat that hose is exactly how you think about yourself and how you treat yourself. And again, I know that sounds wild, right? It's like everything, brothers, everything. That's why Socrates said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is a habit. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is a habit. What you do, how you treat things, how you act is a reflection of how you think and how you think is a reflection of you. It's all you. That's why the master said, treat others as you treat yourself because you are treating yourself the way you treat others. Others are you. It's almost like one of the greatest quotes of oneness that has ever been stated, and yet people still interpret it as separateness. It's so wild to me. The master said, treat others as you would treat yourself. And people still take that in terms of separateness. They still interpret that like, yeah, I'm going to treat this other person this way because that's how I want them to treat me. There is no you and me. That's not what the master meant when he said that. What he meant was you and this other person are one when you treat others in a way you are treating yourself in the way because you and others are one and not just people all things everything the grass the trees the cars the plants the hoses the televisions the telephones the internets the books the beds the blankets all of it brothers Everything is you. In order to begin to see the world as the mirror that it is, I want to offer you one practical practice, and it's this. Remove all of the hims. Remove all of the hers. Remove all of the she's and the he's and the they's and the them's. Remove all of that and simply replace it with I or me. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do to see the truth. She is not a jerk. You are a jerk. You are seeing in her what it is that you have within you. 
that judgment of her is you judging you. And if you believe that she is separate from you, then you will act out her and become it yourself. So when you see the world, when you look around, when you look around at all the things, see the mirror. It's so wild because the mirror itself is only the reflection. I mean, think about that, brothers. You go into the bathroom and you look in the mirror. What do you see? You see you, right? You see the reflection. You see yourself and what's behind you. You don't see the actual mirror. You don't see the actual pane of glass that is inside the frame hung on the wall. With the rest of the world, it's the opposite. We see the mirror itself. We see the actual glass in its form. We don't see the reflection of truth that is what is really there. We don't see ourselves. So in order to train yourself to see yourself, begin to see yourself in all things. Begin to see the oneness of everything. Recognize that everything is love and light. That's why I'm saying lamps are different, but light is the same. Everything is from the same field. Everything is from the same field of love that has no cause. You are love. Other people are love. Other things are love. All plants, all animals, all birds, reptiles, fish, all of it. Everything is love because everything is you and you are everything. And that's what I have for you today, my friends. I'll see you next week. And until then, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash. Unleash.